Welcome, Faith Westwood. It's so good to have you here with us for worship. If this is your first time here, thank you for checking us out. We're hoping that you feel blessed today. Faith family, today we will spend some time in worship. We will hear children's time and we'll have a message from Pastor Steve. Come, Holy Spirit, come even at home. What a timely message. Right now, we have so many groups that are finding ways to connect virtually and in person through social distance gatherings. And I thought it would be great for you to hear um, an interview from Jen Chattel. So please stay tuned for that interview. So I'm here with Jen Chattel. Jen Chattel and her husband, Tom, and three daughters, Sarah, Kate, and Anna, have been worshiping at Faith Westwood for over 17 years, and they're very involved in our church. And last fall, Jen started a faith group. So Jen, why did you start that faith group? Well, as a church, we were starting to do uh, the new series, the ABCs of the Christian Faith. And I just thought it'd be a good time to get to know some other people within our church. Um, I've already been involved with a different small group uh, with uh, some couples. And I do enjoy that. It's just that our kids and our schedules are so crazy right now that it's hard to get us all together on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew that I was going to be coming to church on Wednesday nights to get my two youngest ones to student ministry. And I thought I'd, I'd, I'd like to kind of use that time when I'm already at the church to meet some other people and and uh, just make some time for myself, too, because that's hard to do. Understandable. So with this whole social distancing thing, how did your group adjust? Well, we adjusted pretty well. We have a long text thread that goes back and forth. And as soon as this hit, um, I got introduced really quickly to Zoom. And I realized, you know, we could, we could still meet over Zoom. And so I sent it out. And, and several of the ladies in our group were familiar with Zoom as well for their work. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And so we've had, you know, up to nine, I think maybe 10 people on our screens on Wednesday nights, just talking and reconnecting. And it's just so nice just to see their faces um, and just to reconnect a little bit and then talk through the sermon and, and read the scripture together and just kind of a, a pause out of our normal, normal chaotic week. Wonderful. So what are you guys going to do this summer? Well, I think we're going to try to continue to meet every week. Um, I know sometimes uh, my other group would like take a break in the summer, but I think we're we have enough of a break and we don't have that much else on our schedules. So I think we're going to continue to meet. Um, we have met in the church parking lot twice. Uh, we, we don't meet in the rain, but as long as it's dry, we go. Uh, and then we're going to kind of go from house to house, driveway to driveway and host each other there and, and just uh, kind of mix it up a little bit. Fun. Well, I think this is a great time for people to jump into a, an existing small group or start a group for the first time. If you are interested in doing that, please contact me at holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com or note that on your connection card um, after worship. And um, we'd like to encourage you to take a deep breath and be in a spirit of worship.
join me in singing Spirit Song. today and we're having a birthday party. Can you guess who the birthday party's for? It's for the church. Wait, why the church? Because today is a special day called Pentecost and it was a day where something amazing happened. After Jesus died and was buried and rose again, he spent several days here on earth with his disciples, teaching them more about God. And then he ascended back up into heaven to be with God. But before he did that, he made a promise to his disciples that he was going to send them a gift that would be with them like he was when he was here on earth. And that's when God sent the Holy Spirit. That's what happened on Pentecost. God sent the Holy Spirit to the people who believed in Jesus who were gathering together in a home. The wind started blowing and the, the believers had flames above their heads and they started speaking all different languages. Everybody thought they were crazy. But even today, the Holy Spirit fills believers and shows that God's here with us and lives in us. 
And that's how the church of Jesus's believers started. The birthday of the church. But one of my favorite parts about that story is that those believers were all gathering in homes. The church started in a home. Because back then, people were, and people still are, the church. It's not a building. It is the people. And the Holy Spirit is alive in your house just as much as at the church. We can sing and we can praise God and we can read the Bible and we can do all of those things at home. That's church too. And um, it, the Holy Spirit is part of you and me. And we can have those Holy Spirit moments in our home just as much as we can have them at church. At VBS, we talk about God sightings. Do you remember those? It's where we see God at work in our lives. And we and we put those up um, during VBS, don't we, too? Well, since this week we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I want to call them Holy Spirit sightings. So I want you to talk about how you see the Holy Spirit working in your life at home, too. And we're going to call them Holy Spirit sightings. So this week, have a birthday party for the church, celebrate the Holy Spirit, and talk about with your family your Holy Spirit sightings. And write them down or even post them or send me an email about them. I'd love to see and hear all about your church birthday celebration and how you see the Holy Spirit at work in your lives. Well, I will see you again next week. Jameson, you gonna light the candles? We're going to celebrate the Holy Spirit today and talk about some Holy Spirit sightings. And um, until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. I love you all so much and I miss you all so much. Have a great birthday party celebration and I hope to see you soon. Talk to you later. Bye. video we wanted to tell you a little bit about how we're going to be doing this stuff I think first off we want to introduce uh, Laura over here for the uh, pantry so we can get an idea of what the items we're trying to do collect in our uh, train cars so I went out of order I don't know okay sounds great Pete and repeat take 397 Pete and repeat take 496 Hey, Pete and Repeat here. So we want to kind of reiterate what we're going to be doing here. We are doing a, it's not really a VBS because we can't really go into the building anymore. So we're doing the food drive for the Faithwork Pantry. When is it? Uh, June 7th through the 11th, from four to seven. Perfect. So I think what we're going to do is we want to interview a pretty vital person to the Faith Works Pantry. 
So Laura Blumenthal is the chair of the Food and Pantry. So we want to interview her. Chair. But the chair. <laughs> so we want to interview her. Let's bring her in for a second. Hey. Hold on, we need to get you a hat. Oh, we don't we have a hat. I have another hat. Hold this. No. Looks great. All right. So, Miss Laura, here's please speaking on the microphone. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, how the Faith Westwood Pantry works? Laura, how's the pantry gonna work? Well, twice a month, people can come and they can get food that they need to make it to, through the month. What items do they need? We need lots of things like peanut butter and cereal breakfast items, fruit, like canned fruit, pineapple, maybe. Hey, and what about snacks? I like snacks. Yeah, snacks are good too. The kids really love when they can get cookies or Goldfish or other things? Nice. So, why are you yelling? Well, you're only supposed to be six feet away, not 60 feet. I'm six feet away. So now we can use indoor voices, right? Right. All right, so we want to talk to you about how, I know you have something really cool that you want to share about how the, the snacks work. My favorite part. Well, I used to love being part of snacks at BBS because it was so fun to serve the kids who were there. But we also need snacks at the FaithWorks Pantry because kids, a lot of time, they will come with their families to help choose food to bring home. And a lot of times, snacks are something they just don't get to have. So something like goldfish or granola bars or some sort of after-school snack like that is something the kids really enjoy being able to get at the pantry. Like Oreo cookies? Well, absolutely. Perfect. Love ice cream? Yeah, I don't think ice cream is going to stay on the shelf very well. It's most likely going to melt. So I things like, that can sit on a shelf and not go bad are what we need. I like ice cream. I like ice cream. I like ice cream too. <laughs> All right. Okay. So thank you, Laura, for everything that you do for the, for the pantry. We really appreciate it. And please keep your distance. I will. Thanks, right. guys. See you at BBS. So now I think we want to talk about how this is going to work, right? So as you can see behind us, the rail cars, got it. They are lined up right here. So in a few minutes, Repeat is going to do a demonstration on how we're going to do this. Come. All right. So you're going to come in from the north side here and just drive up nice and slow and without hitting anybody and then we'll have you stop right here or there and we'll have you get out and you will place your item in the rail car and you can head on over to get your picture taken with a bible buddy if you would like and during this time you can also on the left side you'll see that there's the giveaway that's going to be on the left side of your car so you can get back in Head on over to this location right here where we're going to have the guessing game. So that's where you're going to put your guess. You're going to text in your answer and then you are out. Okay, so don't forget to look at your daily newsletter. That's going to tell you when, when the items that we're looking for are. 
and what theme is going to be. And adults, we highly encourage you to dress up in the theme also. This isn't just for the kids. This is for the entire congregation. So participation is a must. Please join us in singing Sweet, Sweet Spirit. throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went to the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how we had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring your message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. I don't know about you, but over the last uh, two and a half months, I've spent a lot of time at home, more than ever before. For a lot of you, home has become your school. It's become your workplace. And with all the limited activities for kids, families have been forced to stay home together. 
And sometimes that's been good, and sometimes, well, you know. Right now, your home is your church building. It's your worship center, your sanctuary. And while we miss uh, getting together, I believe there's also an upside to this. We're learning to experience God at home, maybe more than we ever thought possible. I chose our scripture reading today because it has several uh, references to experiencing God at home. The story actually unfolds in chapter 10, then in Acts chapter 11, Peter summarizes what happened. At this time, Jesus' death and resurrection are probably 10 years or so in the past. Uh, up to now, all the Christians have been Jews or Samaritans. Now, Samaritans were kind of considered half-Jews, but they did keep the covenant of circumcision. But no one had even considered bringing Gentiles to the party. No one except God. Here's the story. Peter's living, at least for the time, at the home of a friend in Joppa along the Mediterranean coast. About noon, he's up on the roof praying. Now, back then, roofs were used kind of like the deck on your home. Um, while Peter prays, though, he has this disturbing, dreamlike vision. Um, a friend of mine says she's had a few visions. One of them she told me about was just a, a picture she saw in her mind, and she knew she was supposed to tell a certain person about it. And when she did, it led to a miraculous healing. Now, I've not seen any visions, but a few times I have received an inner voice, um, inaudible, but with a very clear message. Sometimes it's even urged me to take a specific action. Every time this has happened, though, it surprised me. Uh, I wasn't looking for it. Not only that, but the message that came to me surprised me. Uh, my first reaction is usually just to argue with it because it's so different from what I'm thinking. And that's what happened to Peter. In his vision, he sees a large sheet, like a, a sail of a ship, coming down from the sky, and it's filled with animals, not farm animals. Uh, think of the variety of creatures you'd see at the zoo. And God tells him to take a knife and kill and eat them. But Peter knows that God has given the Jews very strict laws about which animals are okay to eat and which ones they're not supposed to eat. And the animals on the sheet are the ones they're not supposed to eat. So what does Peter do? He argues with God. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Then comes the message God has for Peter. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. So the scene happens then a second time and a third time, which confirms that this is a really big deal, but it leaves Peter puzzling about what it means. Right then, three Gentile guys from Caesarea show up asking for Peter. The Holy Spirit gives him this nudge, saying, Go with them. So Peter and six of his Jewish Christian friends go with them 30 miles up the coast to Caesarea to the home of a Roman centurion named Cornelius. Now this is huge for Peter. As a Jew, he's probably never been in the home of a Gentile his entire life. He's always believed that their ritual uncleanness would defile him by association. 
but the voice from the vision is still ringing in his ears. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And Peter realizes his vision wasn't about the meat you eat, it's about the people you meet. So Peter walks into Cornelius' house. It's full of Gentiles. Cornelius, his family, his servants, his close friends. Cornelius tells Peter how three days earlier he was praying at his usual time at home when he had a vision too, one that came with very specific instructions about sending for Peter. Notice that God directed this miracle meeting between two people who were at home doing a very ordinary thing. They were praying. It was their regular practice. So when God called, they were listening. Let me encourage you. If you don't have some friend-to-friend time with God built into your life, the pandemic is a perfect time to start. What if you could look back and say, you know, the one good thing that, uh, for me that came out of COVID-19 is that I started spending one-on-one time with God nearly every day. I want to recommend a book to you. It's called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Grieg. I'm still reading it, but what I love about it is that it's so approachable. It doesn't set the bar of prayer so high that I feel like a failure. Trish and I I got to hear Pete Grieg a few years ago at a conference, so when I learned about this book, I ordered it right away. I like what Grieg says at the beginning of chapter 2. The best bit of advice I ever received about how to pray was this. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. And that's what that chapter is all about. He tells the story of an advertising executive who'd just become a follower of Jesus, He told his new pastor, though, he was way too busy to set aside time to pray every day. The pastor said, You know, I've always managed to make time for the things I really value. That's when this new Christian realized he was out of excuses. So he went out and bought himself a nice new rocking chair, set it in front of a window in his house, and got up 20 minutes earlier every morning uh, to read the Bible, to sit in that chair, read the Bible, and pray. It became his daily rhythm. And in time, his wife and his colleagues noticed that things began to change in him. He was less scattered, more peaceful, kinder. From his daily practice, he became a deeper person, and later in life, he did some daring things because God was leading him to do them. So, becoming a deep, daring, daily disciple starts here, with that daily friend-to-friend time with God. When this man died, his wife passed down that rocking chair to their children and grandchildren. She said, I love to think of them sitting in it the way my husband did, unburdening their hearts, listening to the Lord, letting him shape and direct their lives. Pete Pete Grieg's organization has also produced a daily devotional app called Lectio 365. Each day you get 10 to 12 minutes of audio, which, by the way, is very well done, or you can just read it from the app if you like that better. 
Each day's devotion is built around the acronym PRAY. Pause, reflect, ask, yield. I've started listening to Lectio 365 in the middle of the day or at bedtime. And you know, I'm just like you. My mind wanders like crazy. I'm sometimes embarrassed to, to admit how badly my mind wanders. But you know, I just try not to worry about it. I just gently bring it back and keep going. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Uh, 298 of you are getting my daily text messages. This past week, uh, as you, you may know if you're getting it, I did something a little different. I sent you a link to an online commentary for the verse of each day from UsefulBible.com. I figured that after this week, some of you might want to continue to use it on your own. You see, my goal is for you to become a self-feeding follower of Jesus. I can lead you to green pastures, but you have to feed yourself. We need to practice the methods that Methodists have been doing since John Wesley nearly 300 years ago. And when we put these methods, these practices into our daily lives, we become deeper, more daring disciples. Sometime today, maybe right after worship, I invite you to go to our Faith Westwood website and click on the Faith at Home image. Would you do that? There you'll find a slew of resources, including my recommendation for Grieg's book, plus you'll see book recommendations from other staff members. Even if you don't usually read books, what if you use pandemic time to read a book that inspires you and encourages you in your daily walk with Jesus? You would become a more deep, daring, daily disciple. Also on the Faith at Home page, Holly Timberlake has listed several recommendations for using our subscription to Right Now Media Library. There are, there are tons of stuff there, and it's all free. Uh, for some of you, that's going to be better than a book. Pete Grieg also tells about Susanna Wesley. Susanna was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, the founders of Methodism. Susanna gave birth to 19 children. Can you imagine that? Nine of whom which, who died young. She raised the other ten and was in charge of their studies as well. In the small home where the family lived, there was no place that she could go to get away from the children to be alone to pray. So at certain times of day, she, here's what she would do. She would lift her apron over her head. And that was the children's signal that mom needed some alone time to pray. And before you say that you don't have time to pray, first I would encourage you to take an honest inventory. You know, my smartphone gives me a weekly report of the hours and minutes that my phone's been on and open uh, on an average uh, per day. Let me tell you, I get that and the number is staggering. Apparently, my eyes are glued to my phone a lot more than I realize. Maybe by trimming that back a bit, you might be able to find 10 or 20 minutes to be alone with God. One thing I love about the How to Pray book and the Lectio 365 app is that they don't make me feel guilty about prayer. Instead, I, I find myself inspired and motivated and gently guided. 
Well, let's go back to the book of Acts. Cornelius already believes in the God of Israel. He worships and prays to the Creator God who made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants, but Cornelius is definitely not a Jew. He could have become a Jew. It would have required two things. He would have to be baptized. That's not too big a deal. And he'd have to be circumcised, and that's a little bit bigger deal. So he definitely had not become a Jew. We suspect that, uh, like most Romans, Cornelius grew up with a prejudice against Jews, these strange people who won't eat some foods and won't go into your home and won't participate in the community uh, festivals to honor the gods. And, of course, Peter had his own prejudices. Peter grew up not only staying separated from Gentiles, but also looking down on them. They're morally inferior. They're polluted. They're idolaters. They eat pork and worship idols. And, and of all the Gentiles, Romans are the worst. They're the oppressors. The miracle isn't, that, isn't just that God brought these two people together. God brought these two worlds together. Each one looking down on the other. Each one suspicious of the other. And God brings them together through Jesus tectonic plates of, of spiritual understanding were shifting and it sent shockwaves through the Christian community. Why? Because Peter did not require Cornelius to become a Jew and be circumcised now that he was a Christian. You see, the Holy Spirit makes us face our prejudices, whether they're conscious or unconscious. The Holy Spirit leads us to, to bridge those barriers of our prejudices. And, and our nation appears now to be at a crossroads where we need to do that. We need to examine ourselves and bridge those barriers. And so it's time to be praying, come, Holy Spirit, come. It's appalling, though maybe not surprising, that there are men in Georgia who would hop in their pickup and hunt down and kill a black man vigilante style like, like they did to Ahmaud Arbery. But what's even more disturbing, if, if what I've read is correct, the video recording uh, of these events was available to the prosecutors very early on, yet no charges were made until someone posted that video publicly, making the prosecutors accountable. Most of us watched another horrific video this week. A white policeman set his knee and his body weight on, on the neck of George Floyd, a black man who had already been handcuffed for a nonviolent crime. The video shows Floyd gasping, telling the officer he can't breathe. We hear disturbed bystanders telling the officer that the man was bleeding and having trouble breathing. And there, with his face to the concrete, George Floyd took his last breath. One of my African-American pastor friends called it a lynching. And as the saying goes, I can't unsee that. Last week, Trish and I were in contact with some of our friends who are young men of color. Once again, we were afraid for them. I have a friend who happens to be black. In his early 20s, he did something that was wrong. It got out of hand. The police were called. And my sense is that if it had happened in Millard, and if my friend had been white, they would have given him a warning and let him go. 
but he was charged. And he couldn't afford a lawyer. And he did 30 days in jail. And having that on his record has kept him from getting certain jobs. That's how the system works. I'm praying that all of America will be shocked by what we've seen on, on, on the screens in our homes. Hopefully we'll be shocked just like Americans were in 1963 who were shocked by seeing on their television screens uh, peaceful demonstrators in Birmingham, Alabama being pummeled by water sprayed at them from high-pressure fire hoses and watching police use dogs to attack demonstrators. Those images awaken the conscience of a nation and help to turn the corner in the civil rights struggle. I'm praying that God will use the videos of the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd to awaken the conscience of America in our time. And we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. And now I'd like to lead us into a time of guided prayer. You may want to close your eyes or gaze at the image on the screen. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come to me, even here in my home. Descend upon me now, anoint me with your presence, make your home in me. Lord God, inspire me to set aside time to nourish my friendship with you. I want to sense your delight in me. I want to know you and love you and lay my burdens before you. Jesus, this world needs so much healing, and I don't know where to start. I know that you are grieving, and I grieve with you and with those who are abused. Show me, Lord, how I can be part of the answer instead of part of the problem. I'm listening, and I will keep listening. people said. Amen.
for joining us for worship. Please go to faithwestwood.com backslash service. Fill out a connection card. Let us know that you're here. Share with us any prayer request on that card so that we can be praying for you. You also can give to the 2020 Vision. And if you would like, you can give to Faith Works Pantry, which is our mission offering this week. Next week, join us to hear about obstacles and objections, answering tough questions about the Christian faith. Stay tuned for some greetings from the Faith Westwood family. Hello, Faith Westwood. From Pat and Kathy Tripp. Hi, Faith Westwood family. We miss you. We love you.